0: In seminary, we studied all of the scriptures. And there were definitely passages that when we got to studying them, we, in essence, asked our professors, can't we just skip this part? This is complicated, difficult. It just doesn't sound like the God that I know and experience. I think that today's gospel lesson is one of those passages. There are three distinct parts in the gospel lesson today the blessings and the woes, and then the instruction. And I'm struck by how often this passage has been abused and misused throughout history. First of all, we see the blessings, something that we're familiar with because we even have some of them painted on our wall up here beside the altar. But the blessings are a little bit different than those found in Matthew. And indeed, we want to turn these blessings into a metaphor and look in some way at how it is that we feel poor or we feel hungry and think and hope that God can provide for us. This passage has been misused in our collective history because even in the United States, when slavery was a reality of our economic system, this passage was used to encourage and justify the oppression of certain peoples and to let them know they shouldn't complain because in the end God would provide for them. This passage has also been misused and abused in the woes. Woe to you who are rich or full or laughing. In an effort to lessen the intensity of this scripture, again we want to turn it into a metaphor And perhaps consider how it is that our riches or our fullness or our laughing aren't really what is being talked about. But it is true that we are rich and full and laughing. And even if we were to get rid of all that we have as the United States of America, we would still be the richest country around the globe. And so we're struck by what this passage might mean and offer to us. Finally, the last section has also been used, misused, and abused. In this instruction about turning the other cheek if one is slapped so that the other might be slapped also, there has been justification for abuse and to keep people down. So, what are we to do with this scripture? It might be nice if we could turn it into maybe some arcane piece and say, we really don't have to deal with that here and now because this isn't the God that I know. But because it is in our holy text, we are called to wrestle with it. And it reminds us that Jesus came to reorder things. In his ministry, he emphasized again and again that God was reordering things. That which feels certain in this world might not be as certain as we originally thought. This was the message that Jesus proclaimed again and again. Think of the gospel lessons that we've read just in the last few weeks, all of them found in Luke's gospel. When Jesus reminds us that if you take a seat at the head of the table, you would be asked to take a lesser seat, and the lesser at the table would be asked to come forward. Or the story of Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus being the poor beggar who spends eternity with God and the rich man in damnation. Or last week's gospel of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying, and the Pharisee felt justified in his prayers, being a devout religious person. Yet that gospel reminds us of the prayer of the tax collector, the sinner crying out for God's mercy. These are just three of many illustrations throughout Luke's Gospel about how it is that Jesus is reordering things. Even from the very beginning of Luke's Gospel, when Mary receives word that she will bear the Christ child and sings out, My soul magnifies the Lord, for his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has sent the rich away empty and filled the hungry with good things. In Luke's gospel, we are reminded again and again that Jesus is reordering things, not in some metaphorical sense, but in a very real sense, and we are invited to be aware of that. In fact, Jesus' message was so radical that people sought to kill him. God made known through Christ that he is in the business of reordering things. And what we want to do as followers of Christ is to get the hang of it, to practice what it is that God is doing in this world. Especially because we have said to each other that we want to be followers of Christ, it is important that we pay attention to scriptures such as these. So I invite you to consider what it is that follows this golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the instruction that follows the golden rule. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those that do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. This scripture gives us something to focus on in how it is that God is reordering things and helps us become familiar with the kingdom that God wants to bring in through Christ. Today, we baptize Catherine and welcome her into the body of Christ, and together as the Church, we claim the work ahead of us through our baptismal covenant. It strikes me that this is a very good way to remember how it is that God is reordering things. And we will say together, as we say the baptismal covenant, that we will do these things with God's help. And God is faithful, promising to be with us in our endeavors of serving him. We are reminded in our, in our letter to the Ephesians today that we were marked by the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, and that that is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. So I invite you, as we recite the baptismal covenant, and as we remember the instruction today in the gospel about how it is that God is reordering things, that we prepare ourselves by following these instructions through dedicating ourselves to the keeping of our covenant we discover how to be practiced in the world that God is creating. Because with God's help, we can begin to get the hang of living in Christ's kingdom. Amen.